welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and you're very welcome back for another brand new episode. I hope you're doing well. Hopefully the <laughs> the fact that June is just around the corner is exciting for you. I know some of you are very excited about the return of Love Island. I feel like between The Real Housewives and RuPaul's Drag Race, I have so much reality TV on my plate. I just don't know if I can make time for Love Island as well. But hey, it's a sign that summer is here, I think, at least. Very excited about this week's guest. The hilarious and super interesting Ross McNeilage is with us. They are talking about Housewives of Potomac, Beverly Hills, New York. We discuss... Melbourne and Sydney. We got into Johannesburg, which I have never talked about on this podcast properly. So there you go. A housewife city that I have no real knowledge or like even kind of vague idea of. So it was very interesting to get a chat in about that as well. And we covered lots of other fun stuff as well. This is a really fun and entertaining conversation. So without any further ado, here is Ross McNeilich on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a journalist who's had bylines for titles like ID, MTV UK, Gay Times and Metro. And they are one half of the podcast Celtic Queens of Pop. Ross McNeilich, welcome to Housewives with Me. Oh my God, that was lovely. Hi. Thank you so <laughs> That was much. your talk show intro. <laughs> yeah, that was lovely. Thank you so much. Um, hi. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. I'm honestly beyond excited it feels like an absolute honor oh wow well i'm thrilled to have you although i was laughing because we've been social media friends for so long that in my head you were at ross lohan for everything <laughs> to the point where i was like about to i had to go don't say ross lohan don't it's like that's not their name i was like for fuck's sake i mean it's i'm such a sucker for uh, someone's handle i will refer to that in my head forever well i won't lie i was i mean i didn't know what you would say but i have thought i wonder what name you'll use because i didn't know if you knew my real name or not <laughs> <laughs> I did have to Google. I was like, if I'm looking up their work, I got to check the old surname as well. But anyway, if you at any point you want to just go by Lohan, I'm all I'm all in. Oh, no, we can use my Christian name. My mum can search this <laughs> and have something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> OK, fair enough. Uh, we have lots of Harry's shows to get into, yeah. but I am just so curious. I always start this with guests because it's such an interesting journey. But how did you get into Housewives in the first place? So I remember watching it for the very first time. It was New Jersey and it must have been, I can't remember if it was on, I think it was ITV2 maybe. And when it would be shown like super late at night and I was, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14 at that point. It was like when the first season was on um, and I was just like scrolling through the channels and then came across it and it was season one, New Jersey. So I just like got into watching it because um, they showed it quite a lot at that point. I think late at night when nothing else was on. Um, and just, we all know how it went. Teresa and Danielle, the table, everything like that season was chaos. So I remember watching that and being like, what the fuck is this show? And then um, like, I've always loved reality TV, like literally anything, whether it's Get Us to the Playboy Mansion or Jersey Shore or more like cheaper stuff like The Hills, like whatever. So I was just so drawn to it. And then I don't think I watched any of it for another few years. And it was my best friend, Lily, um, her and her mum would like religiously watch Beverly Hills in Atlanta. And I think maybe New York. So then when I was maybe like 15, 16, um, Lily would always talk about it. So then she got me into it and I just started like diving into any that I could get my hands on at that point. But I think it was a lot of like what was that website called mega video you remember that really yes like... <laughs> yeah oh good old mega video you have used your one hour video for today i was like Ugh. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of that. So probably a lot of viruses and stuff in the laptop, but it was worth it. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. It's it's slightly freaking me out to hear you say how young you were when you watched, but it also brings me joy because I'm like, okay, teenagers watched watch this show or do watch or have watched. Okay, that's good to know. Oh yeah, we were absolutely obsessed. I'm obsessed with your friend, like. They're like 15, 16, and like, let me tell you what I'm watching, and it's a show about a bunch of 40-year-olds. I'm like, how fierce, like, generational. <laughs> yeah, it's her and her mum. They've, like, their thing has always been Real Housewives since she was, like, 14. Um, and it's it's them, too, that watched, like, more than one franchise. So then that's really how I learned. I mean, I really know everything that I know, thanks to Lily and Susan, to be honest. So. Oh, wow. Shout out to Lily and Susan. This one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Prayer is up for Lily and Susan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we've plenty to get into. Um, so let's talk about New York City. You gave me a list of what you watched and it was pretty extensive. And I want to start with New York City and oh. what you love about it and why you're drawn to it and that particular show. Oh, perfect. I'm so glad we're starting there. Yeah. New York, I think. Oh, so I always have to think about it, but I'm pretty confident in saying that I think New York's my number one, um, which I think. Depending on, I mean, certainly from listening to your podcast, I feel like a lot of people don't watch it or haven't mm-hmm. watched it, which always fascinates me, but also infuriates me. I know. Me. <laughs> Even I'm like, so you just haven't, you just haven't tried, or like, I please, it's mad. But everyone has such different yeah. ways into this particular show. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so yeah, I just absolutely love it. Why do I love it? I mean, where to start? I think <laughs> it's definitely not the most flawless in terms of the run like I don't like the early seasons I will admit it I love Bethany and I know she can be quite mm-hmm. divisive so I think I'd watched the earlier seasons and I really liked Bethany but couldn't really connect to the others and then it was when Sonia joined I was like okay this is a bit of me <laughs> um, and then yeah Sonia just joining the show and being just Sonia like completely wild and a touch unhinged and loves a baby loves her men clearly took her about 15 years to go for the divorce like I just thought who is this tragic but incredible woman um so yeah Sonia really sold it to me and then when Bethany came back in seven I really cannot fault season seven through to 12 like I don't think any other franchise has had a run that strong I mean they're all single alcoholics um and <laughs> a lot of stuff is really like inappropriate and obviously like it can get to extremes like the last season it was on is you know I think it's quite well documented by now how hellish it was but season seven to twelve I feel like they're all just such messes in their own ways but and they just say the most ludicrous things and are like hate each other but you can tell there's like a sisterhood there but at the end of the day they're all just always drunk and the fact that they're like they're the older show it honestly just makes me feel better about my life like I remember I'm, I mean I've rewatched it so many times but I remember like peak pandemic not to go to that but <laughs> my friend Laws I'd recently showed her New York for the first time and we were just watching it and like FaceTiming and stuff and like with Wayne like had no idea what was going on in the world hadn't seen anyone for months been like but it's fine mm. it's fine look at the state of these women like things will get better <laughs> <laughs> so like something in how tragic and trashy it is just makes me feel better about my life <laughs> that's so true and it's also that thing of like I, d- I always try and sell New York to people who haven't watched it as like this is actually a show about 
drunk, horny women who are mainly 40 plus. Like, yeah. that's sort of its joy. Like, they're just on the Raz. It's like Sex and City on steroids. They're just going for it every week. Like, it's, and as you say, season seven through 12, it's like kind of untouchable just in terms of how wild it is and how kind of funny it is as well. Like, it's really fucking funny. Yeah, that is the thing as well. Because although it's wild and they're, they're all just a little bit batshit, they are all so funny, like individually. They're, the things mm. that they come out with, I'm like, when people say, like, which I feel like not as many people do now, but when people are like, oh, reality TV, like, meh, and like look down on it, I'm like, you could not fucking script these women. Like, New York, mm-hmm. no, the best writer room in the world could never like script <laughs> these women and what happens. Um, yeah, just like Luann's cabaret and her very short-term marriage to just Bethany being so <laughs> high intense and highly strung and just screaming all the time. Ramona just lives another planet. Poor Dorinda and Sonia are just like complete lost causes at this point. It's like <laughs> you're just watching a, like a car crash, but they all just like love each other and want to support each other through it. It's Yeah, it's just a wild ride. It is, and I'm kind of... I mean, how do you feel about the idea of two New York shows? I mean, people seem kind of... There's been interesting back and forth about it. I mean, my logic ultimately is it's two New York shows where we would have one, but like, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I'm like, you get two for the price of one. My only thing is like the legacy one. So the legacy season, which will have the older housewives. I know for a fact I'm going to love that because that's what I love. And although the last season just was really uncomfortable and just like horribly produced, um, and how they tried to cover a lot of things, um, mm. you know, like rape, like literally getting a black woman in to teach four or five wealthy white women from New York what racism is. It's just like this is not the way that that should have went down to diversify the show. Mm. So I feel like they obviously have a lot to fix um, and a lot to sort of make up for. But I do think that the legacy cast will. I'm more confident that they'll be able to pull that off. I really don't know, how, like the fact we don't know a single thing about the new cast I'm scared about but also excited about but I just I just don't I can't imagine what the tone is going to be like because I imagine they might go a bit different from the legacy cast so it's maybe a little bit more or a little bit less controversial yeah but I mean the thing is I don't think they've even really actually nailed down a cast they've announced it so early I think to see what comes up I think they want wealth humor and like people who already have an existing connection i think it, that's yeah. what will make it similar to the previous seasons how outrageous it'll be is hard to know because to be fair it took a while for the original roni cast to become <laughs> that wild so i don't think you can that's come true. in that hot with the first season but we'll see i mean that's a good way of putting it like we don't know we know so little about it that it's like anything could happen mm. yeah i'm just hoping that leah doesn't come back and i i hope that doesn't offend oh. anyone but i I just can't, I just, I don't want her to set the tone for the new one. I think that's my, um, like, fear, because I would just rather start afresh. Are you pro or anti-Leah? What is your Leah stance? <laughs> pro or anti-Leah? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not a Leah denier. Like, um, she, you know, she's... <laughs> she exists. <laughs> <laughs> she is valid. Um, but I'm just like... <laughs> Leah McSweeney, you are valid. <laughs> 
<laughs> all Liam McSweeney's are valid. <laughs> <laughs> Very there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved, I actually loved her in her first season, like really, really was a fan. And then second season, and I know that she was grieving, so I kind of like try and give her the benefit of the doubt. But I just thought she, it was just a complete character flip, which again, she might not be in herself, but I just thought that she was so fresh and funny and like, she wasn't above any of them in the first season, but she clearly was detached enough to like be a funny narrator and like, you know, somewhat like a commentator on the side. Like she knew that they were all ridiculous, but had a soft spot for them, but like was kind of trying to like push them forward. And in the second, I feel like she just got completely wrapped up in their drama and sort of like also took a backseat though. So yeah, I just don't think she really gave much and then she wrote a, mem- a memoir, and I'm like, about what? So, yeah, I'm just a bit over her. Although, I won't lie to you, I have toyed with buying that book so many times, and I cannot justify because I, when I was in New York, I saw it physically in shops, and it looks really cool. It's, like, a really great design, but it's such a slim book. I was like, I cannot Aww. pay full price for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the paperback. I'm waiting for, like, someone to, like, send me their copy their friend gave them for a birthday gift or something. I'm like, I cannot spend, like... 25 to 30 year on a book this slim that I know I'll read in two hours and I will no. read it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, just wait like five years for it to be in a charity shop. But yeah, no, Leah is a, she's a no from me for coming back. But I mean, if she's there, who am I to write Bravo? Another show that you mentioned you watched with your friend when you were younger and with her mom as well was Beverly Hills. I'm so curious how you feel about that show now and now that we're back with a new season, like what your relationship is to Beverly Hills now. So, oh my gosh, I'm loving the new season. I just can't get enough. Um, so Beverly Hills, I would say my journey with it has been a little bit more up and down, which I think is quite common with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like the first two seasons, wild. And then, I mean, I forget the numbers. I definitely loved one and two. And then it sort of... There was just some housewives that came in that I didn't really like what they brought and I feel like they kind of killed the mood a bit, like that witch. And then who else was there in those seasons? There was a few people that I just thought were a bit boring. Um, but then when it came to like Erica, I think, yeah, probably when Erica joined, then like she caught my interest again because when she came in, she was just so explosive. Um, and then, or not even explosive, but just fab. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I must have been like, I don't know. I was like late teens, like just out the closet. Oh God, like, don't say that. I was like, yes. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, work queen, yes, bet. It's expensive <laughs> to be met. Same diva. I went to Zara today and I spent too much money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, literally like my first ever student loan being like, it's expensive to be met. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I like, I think when Erica came in, I was like, okay, no, this is great. And then, um, yeah, Erica, Rena, Doree, I fucking love them, like, individually and also, like, when they've been sort of, I think, in those middle seasons, like, maybe, like, six to eight or whenever it was. Um, mm-hmm. I just loved them. I felt there was always some good drama. Who I'd never liked, ever, 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 ever. And I think if she was never in the show, I might have had a more consistent run with it. But LVP, Lisa Vanderpump, I cannot stand that woman. Um, oh, like I, she's my least favorite housewife of all time. Um, so what I think actually, like a lot of the times, because I loved those seasons when like Dorit was there, Erica was there, but all of 
LVP's meddling. I just thought, can you stop getting everyone's business and trying to manufacture stuff? Like, you're an old woman, not to be ageist. Not, <laughs> not to be ageist. Like, shout out mum. Mum is probably about the same age, but... <laughs> I love how you're like, I may have been watching you since I was a teenager, but you are old, honey. You are old. <laughs> no, but I just thought, like, oh, come on. Like, can you not just, like, stop being such... Oh, I just don't like her, and she's Oh, they're so posh and annoying. But um, yeah, so once she left, um, I mean, I've always watched it. And the only one, the only time I never, like I stopped watching was, um, what was the one before last season? So the one before that, oh, Denise Richards' second season. That's the first one that I was like, I can't continue watching this. Um, cause, wow. Because it was just so bad and I didn't watch the reunion or anything. I was like, oh my God, Beverly Hills is never going to recover. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, they came back and Erica's, like, separation. Her husband's obviously been tried for such terrible things. There's Obviously, she loses everything. And it's just like, okay, this is what I needed to get me back into the show, which I think, again, is I'm not alone in that. Because even people that had never watched it were like, okay, I need to start watching and paying attention to this. Yeah, you're. it's funny. Obviously, there was a whole, and I've talked about this so much in this podcast, the, like, People started watching in lockdown. People saw Housewives on Netflix, but there was definitely something about last season with the Erica stuff and how juicy Beverly Hills felt week on week that I just noticed anecdotally. So many people are just jumping in on this. They're just giving it a go. Even the way Hey You pushes like Beverly Hills with advertising on the side of literal buses and stuff. Yeah. Like something about this show has, this particular entry has caught on on this side of the world, which is ironic because in the US it's like, New Jersey and Atlanta and New York at different times felt like the shows that were in the zeitgeist, whereas here it's, it's really been Beverly Hills. Yeah, definitely I agree. I think it was probably just like a perfect combo of people starting to watch the early seasons when they were came on Netflix during like the pandemic. And then even though, like even if they weren't fully caught up, but then like all the Beverly Hills stuff was just everywhere. I'm not going to endorse that newspaper, but obviously that one that has all the celeb goss, um, like the Shmaley Whale. Yeah, oh <laughs> there we go, Shmaley Whale. Um, but I think yeah, like I mean, I know because my old flatmate used to look and I'm like, not on that website. Um, but it would just be like right. all the spoilers of Erica of even more recently, like when Dorit's house is broken into Kaya. Like, and I think also just social media being so like such a big part of our lives at this point if people are like who's kyle richards people can just be like oh it's paris hilton's auntie and for some reason that makes them care a bit more so i feel like yeah beverly hills benefits from having the tabloid but also them being connected to bigger names that are more mainstream whereas like as much as i love candy like unless you say she wrote no scrubs like people probably wouldn't care about any of atlanta like in the same connected way do you know what i mean how dare how dare you? What? I, I love Atlanta. <laughs> no, As a Candy Burris head, I'm like, how dare you talk about Candy Burris like that? Oh, um, but let's let's talk about Atlanta. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I sound like that. Come on, Harris. <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, but let's let's dive into Atlanta because it is like another established show and I do sometimes I mean I find it a little bit frustrating here how some people have yet to dive in although I understand that like there are a lot of seasons with Atlanta and so it can feel a bit daunting but I mean it is kind of a crown jewel and it's back to for a new season which 
I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the new season. It feels like a bit of a slow burn, but I think I feel optimistic about this season of Atlanta. I don't know why. No, I'm with you. I can't remember who it was that you were speaking to now off the top of my head, but it was one of the recent apps where you were speaking about how they had to pay for that photo shoot themselves and it wasn't Bravo. I know. Um, Isn't that crazy? Or even if I maybe just seen it on your story. But um, yeah, I don't understand how they're being sidelined or why they're being sidelined by Bravo because like Porsche's left. So you think losing a big character for me, Bravo would be giving them an even bigger push to ensure that the new cast like wouldn't suffer any drop in ratings. I mean, it's not even a new cast. We've got Sheree and uh, Marlo back. So it's like yeah, a big and, one for yeah. long-term viewers. But I just don't understand why they're having to do these things if they have to prove themselves. Because, I mean, last season, it was enjoyable as far as I remember. Like, obviously, you had Drew, who was new, and then you had the... Who was... Oh, what was the other girl's name? Um, Who was also kind of young. Mm. Oh, my God, I'm having such a blank, and I watched the entire season. Yeah, she was, she was kind of she... close with Portia. I don't, she wasn't a housewife, though. She was more of, like, a friend of, but she was also... Oh, LaToya, LaToya. Yeah, yeah. Um... Everyone listening was like, it's LaToya! It's <laughs> like, I do. There's just... So, I feel like RuPaul sometimes. I'm like, there's just so many girls. There's so many of you. No, there is. And, like, my number one thing in life, never mind housewives, is I never remember anyone's names, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's, like jokes about just gays or like bimbos when it's that like you've met someone five times and it's like oh hi what's your name but that literally is me like it's so bad and then I can watch a full season and be like if someone's explaining it and they would see Latoya like what one's that and I need someone to like connect the dots for me because unless Mm -hmm. they've been in it for at least three seasons it takes me like three seasons to really like for them to (laughs) plant in my head but yeah anyway I think that with Atlanta I just, yeah, I don't understand the push that they're not getting because it's such an important part of the franchise as a whole. I mean, it's one of yeah. it's one of the biggest, but it's also obviously one of the most longest running. But yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's a funny one when you go back because to me, after watching them so many times, like I think Atlanta might be my most rewatched. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like going back so many times... I just laugh at how lo-fi and budget the first like two or three seasons are and just Kim Zolciak and obviously I think if I was to be a new person watching it from a 2022 lens I'd be like what how did this ever happen like this dynamic is so odd but it's just so funny to look back on because it's an insane period of time where it's just like it seems like a different lifetime and candy when she comes in in season two and, you know, she's still trying to be a singer and then Nini is on Glee and thinks she's too good for the show because she's way on Broadway. Like, it's just such a funny time. And then, yeah, I love it. But I think Atlanta, my number one is Portia. I absolutely love Portia. So from when she joins, I'd say until now, I've been, like, I've, like enjoyed it pretty consistently. Um, but I'm loving the new season. Um, I think Candy's just, like, the head bitch in charge. Kenya... Yeah. What do you think is going on with Kenya? Like, see how she's been a bit softer in the first four episodes. Are you believing it? I don't know, because she's been on, like, they've all been doing quite a bit of press in recent weeks. And in Kenya, in true Kenya fashion, has used those interviews to be, like, gloriously shady about everyone, particularly Marlo. (laughs) And, you know, she's been a bit shady about Drew as well. And Sheree and Drew have obviously beefed on social media. Kenya does seem a bit lighter and a bit more like I don't know a bit more chill in the episodes we've seen so far I don't know if it's something as simple as she's in a better place 
with her ex and she's happy to be you know raising her kid and maybe that feels a bit lighter for her or she's just part of me is like she's just biding her time before she really gets into it i don't know i mean i find kenya so entertaining and i'm curious actually because you just mentioned there how much she loved portia like maybe it's because Kenya doesn't have Portia to lock horns with, so she's a little bit more chill because I love both of them, but they really have never seemed to get on for an extended period of time. Oh, I didn't even connect the dots with that, of course. Yeah, that would make such a big difference for her filming. And then I suppose also Nini's not in at this time, which I know she can be like on and off um, the last few years, but obviously she's such a big personality and Kenya doesn't really get on with her either. And then actually Cynthia's left as well and she... After Giddle's trip, her and Cynthia weren't in the best place. So, I mean, yeah, maybe she's actually just taking her time to get used to the new, like, dynamic. Yeah, who knows? Come reunion time, she's just dragging everybody. We're like, there she is. Our girl is back. (laughs) But I will say I love her. And um, I didn't like, I mean, I didn't dislike her. But um, Drew, I just found to be a bit of a loser um, in season, like, in her first (laughs) season. (laughs) A bit of a loser. Just a little bit of a loser. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like just a little bit of a wet wipe and um like she seems like lovely ma'am all that i mean i could tell we could all tell from her first season that you know her, that husband is bad news but mm. i think that already in four episodes what we've seen is quite dark between her and her husband and it definitely yeah. it definitely is making i mean obviously it's never nice to see anyone going through something but i think the the way that they're show, like the extent of what they're showing from their marriage it just seems so dark and it's such an overused word now but it does just seem horribly toxic and it was yeah. Kenya in the most recent episode when she was just going hell for leather um it Drew's husband and was like no you're reminding me so much of my husband Mark and I would never let you speak to me like that and you're doing this to her and da 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 and Drew was just sitting there and I thought well, if Drew's not going to speak up for herself, that's really, really nice that Kenya is. Because obviously they're not, it's not as if they're best friends. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So I don't know if, certainly as a viewer, I'm already empathising with Drew a lot more and hoping mm-hmm. that her arc, this story, is eventually going to be like to leave that man, which I don't think will happen. But um, I'm hoping that the rest of the housewives kind of like group around her and really support her i think that's probably going to be quite a big part of this season yeah i I, yeah i I really pray that's part of the story because it's just at the moment i'm like oh girl get out it's not worth it Um, i'm curious i'm so curious you mentioned there that you're a porsche head and that you really (laughs) a porsche and obviously (laughs) that's a technical term yeah um like this is the first time in a while we've not had her on the show do you miss having her around has it dawned on you i'm kind of like i do miss her but also i don't find myself thinking about her when i'm watching if that makes sense yeah i'm actually with you on that so i what i've been watching it i'm surprised at how much like this show is just flowing really nicely on its own i think a lot of that is to do with marlo i love that she's kind of stepped in as almost like the new main one um because Candy, at this point, she may as well be an OG. I know she's joining the season two, but it is yeah. like Atlanta is Candy's show. Um, she's mm-hmm. just so consistent. She is funny, but she's serious. She's the mediator. She obviously has the whole dungeon side to her. Like Candy is just an absolute gift of a housewife. But I think that you always need someone because it's not as if Candy's hilarious. Whereas Portia, to me, I love her so much because she is genuinely so funny. Like with the stuff that she says with the shady looks that she gives her confessionals 
and obviously like the reunions can get a bit messy with Portia but if I can't remember what one it was me and uh, Mark watched one recently and she every single thing that came out of her mouth was just absolute gold and I'm like you do need someone like that um, when Nini is not there or if she leaves um, otherwise you know it's candy making like sort of you know like more quiet comments um, whilst like Kenya probably pops off at everyone and that's probably would be what this reunion was if you didn't have Marlo and Sheree so mm-hmm. I feel like Marlo definitely she's stormed in and is like it's my time but between her and Sheree I feel like they're taking up a lot of the like heavy lifting for the you know the comedy which I appreciate that's true and I it does feel like inevitable for Porsche to come back like I wouldn't even blink if she returns whereas sometimes when housewives leave or get fired or whatever you do feel like they're done with Porsche I'm like yeah she'll be back one day when it's all like a different like even though I want her maybe her personal life is in a different position or something well I was gonna say because she had that show what was it called with the new man Portia. Portia's Family Values, which I watched. Oh. It was crazy. Was it good? The last couple of episodes. It started a bit slow and it was a bit like, oh, I don't like there was a lot of focus on her extended family, which means you're being introduced to a ton of new people. So at first I was like, oh, this is a lot of like new faces to remember. <laughs> but then they go on a trip as a family and like it all kind of implodes a bit. And then there's like a confrontation with her and her ex Dennis in the last episode. That's one of the rawest <gasps> things I've ever seen on Housewives slash Housewives adjacent shows. So it also that she does not come off very well in the spinoff which i thought was so interesting by the end you're like oh. i still like her but i was like oh there's a side of you that's like not as fun as you like to let on and we're seeing it now but i, I do think it's difficult because like she's trying to make the stuff with simon work and there's still a lot of history with her and dennis and she clearly whatever you feel about portia she is so it's clear she's so in love with her daughter and wants to do right for her daughter and like I just kind of got the vibe she didn't want to go on Housewives and have Kenya like talk shit about Simon for a year. You know, I truly think she wanted a break from that, which part of me is like, that's a cop out, do the show. But I'm also like, <laughs> I would probably, I would be the same probably if I was in love with a millionaire. I'd be like, I'm out for a year. Yeah, fair enough. No, that's actually really interesting. Well, I know what I'm going to do tonight after this. I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, but I think that's interesting. You've seen that she doesn't come across well. Because I'm sure, obviously, Kenya will be aware of that. And the fact that yeah, I think um, Kenya being on the first girls trip, that I think Kenya came off really well in that. Like, the best yeah. she's come across in years on a show. So the fact that she's come across well at the same time Porsche's kind of maybe not, Kenya will be laughing that up inside. What did you make of Girls Trip Season 1? And as we're chatting, we're, like, still a few weeks away from Season 2. Like, what are your thoughts on the first season because as you say it was like a new side of certain people for sure yeah definitely i think (laughs) it goes without saying that ramona completely killed any sort of good faith or um what word am i looking for um goodwill not goodwill but you know when you know when people can just excuse behavior for so long even when you know it's inexcusable but you're just like oh but that's just her like i feel like anyone like no one can do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> she, yeah. she was just between the, the last season of New York and then that, I thought, oh, God, like, it really at this point is just, like, watching someone completely, completely, completely out of touch, not even really in a funny way, just be, like, really horrible company. So it's, yeah, she, it really ruined sort of any patience that patience that I had for Ramona. Um, thought Kenny came across great. Kyle was unbelievable and Kyle like 
I've never disliked her, but she's never, I've never really found her funny or anything. And I thought she mm-hmm. was super fun. I loved Teresa. Uh, but I always kind of love her anyway, but I think seeing her on holiday with some friends and not just stuck in that family environment where it's just constant arguments and like silliness, like silly pay, mm-hmm. um, drama. Like she came across great. I was really sad about Cynthia because I love Cynthia. Yeah. And I feel like her, Same. her getting in her feelings and just taking it so to heart that at the end of the day, Kenya just had a bit of like a holiday romance with Melissa. Like <laughs> she just wanted a new friend. Um, yeah. And I'm, I was really surprised that Cynthia took it to heart so badly. Cause I'm like, it is just like, you're just on holiday for a week. Like, <laughs> don't, yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah. I felt like, I felt like when we saw Cynthia on girls trip, we were watching her process her feelings about having been in Atlanta that long and maybe thinking of leaving Atlanta as a show, as a job. And also she was clearly thinking about her long-time relationship with Kenya. And Kenya was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm also here to do a show and have a laugh. And it just, I could actually in a weird way relate to Cynthia because I have been that in my head about things before in my life. And I was like, oh, I can see why this isn't going well for you because everyone else, even Ramona, they're having fun on some level. And Cynthia is just like, was just in her head the whole time. And we forget that it was only filmed over a week. Yeah. And we watched it over the space of weeks. But I would imagine it was quite an intense thing to do for a week, week and a half, because it's like, you know, a lot of pressure and a lot of stuff they were doing every day. Yeah, I think definitely. It was that thing where it was completely, you could understand what was going through her head and also Kenya's. Like, Kenya can be short. Yeah. And she was being a bit of a bitch um, at times to Cynthia, like the first couple of times Cynthia tried to talk about it, but it definitely was just a bee in Cynthia's bonnet that she would not let go. Like, I just thought, oh, please just, please just try and have fun because you're there. But I think it was kind of, yeah. it was kind of that thing, you know, if like you like, I mean, it is just sort of like the first day of a holiday. If someone says something like to someone and there's like a bit of a tense atmosphere and you're like, oh God, on day one, why is this happening? And it just sort of carries through the holiday for a few days. I feel like it was just like that. Like when you go on holiday to Magaluf when you're 17 and someone says the wrong thing to someone as a joke and then they're in a mood for a few days. It was literally watching that, but with yeah, a bunch of yeah. 40 year old women. Um, but yeah, it was a bit sad that she couldn't just let loose and have fun because I adore Cynthia and I'm sad she's gone actually from Atlanta. I suppose another kind of recent addition to the canon that you've been keeping up with is Salt Lake City and I feel like that has been a wild ride. We had this iconic first season and this crazy second season that started to feel like it would never end. I'm just curious (laughs) how you feel about Salt Lake City. Oh my god what a show. I, I think my thing with it is that season one first of all it was so short and it was just so unexpected um, but also with Salt Lake City, I don't really know what to expect because even Potomac, which I love, the first you know season, they're not always the best. Um, yeah. But, oh, it was just like absolute magic. That first season, I mean, the combination of them starting filming for months and then starting the actual show episode one months in and then it being like 10 episodes was just genius because it was just every single episode there was no moment wasted you just had no choice but to catch up with the drama and I was a little bit scared that it would have started so like fiery and entertaining and funny that they wouldn't be able to keep it up because I mean characters like Mary it's just like are you are you just going through a bit of a cookie spell where you're just seeing a lot of funny things and like you'll calm down a little bit when the cameras you know when you get used to the cameras and then season two was just like season one on crack and I thought where have you found these women every single plot Mm -hmm. line 
I mean, obviously you've got Jen, Meredith, I'm obsessed with like Meredith's accent and her vocab are just <laughs> jaw-dropping. Yes. Yeah, I, I love it. And um, yeah, I actually hadn't finished the reunion because it was on like, I mean, it must have been like two months ago, but that's when I was moving and everything. And I kind of, I had no oh, time yes. to, Um, I basically didn't, I had like two months of Real Housewives to catch up on this week once you asked me to do this. Cause I was like, I need to oh, catch really? up with everything. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm was... like, I have some homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause you were like, oh, it's fine. You don't need to catch up. I was like, I need to catch up. It was only the last part of the reunion that I watched. And even just watching that for the hour, I was like, oh, I've missed these women. And it's only been two months, but they're just insane. Yeah. Like Lisa Barlow, whatever happened to her between season one and two i thank I whoever it was or whatever it is that her doctors prescribed her she is just so intense <laughs> like she she's so loud i i can't believe that someone is that loud and just shouts no. over everyone and then turns around and she's just the least self-aware person in the world it's fascinating to watch Weirdly, I think the way you ended up watching the reunion is something we all could have benefited from because I think there was a sense, just anecdotally anyway, that like the main season ran on a bit and then we had the reunion. And by the time we got to the reunion, we were exhausted. But actually, <laughs> if you dipped out for a month or two and came back to just the reunion, you, can get, you even get that like, ah, oh, I've had a break. Like that's actually kind of a good way to have watched it. Yeah, definitely. Because I think even when it came to the last few episodes, and, you know, we'd had a full season of, like, the build-up to Jen's FBI arrest. And then after the yes. arrest, like, what's going on? Meredith was obviously going through a bit of a hard time. You've got Mary and her church in that storyline. Like, they're going deeper into that. Lisa Barlow is just meddling into everyone's business, spreading rumours in everyone's ears. And it just went on for so long with so many different mini plots. Like, that by the time that they went on the holiday... Who was it that, I can't remember who arranged it, but the big holiday at the end of the season where where Lisa was obviously, where her mic recorded her as she was going absolutely yes, off yes. calling Meredith She's a whore. She's a fucking whore. <laughs> Meredith's a whore. Her fucking family that poses. Literally, like, she's fucked half of New York. I'm like, what? You're insane. <laughs> no. I wasn't expecting you to go but Lisa, this is so bad. When people have, like, gorgeous Scottish accents, I'm like, they'll never need to do another accent because they have that one stunning accent. So I appreciate your range. No, oh, my God. I just love how low it is because I obviously am such a high-volume person. But Whitney, Whitney, I never said that. Whitney, I Whitney. never said that. I never said that, Meredith. I never said it, Lisa. I'm like... Roll tape, roll footage, roll tape. <laughs> roll tape, I never said that. Like, she just... Oh, yeah, I can't deal with her the funniest was she was on um watch it happens live at some point during that mammoth season and andy was like reading this viewer question and he was like uh lisa you called heather and lisa inbred cousins or something along those lines he, he was the question was asking him some question something she'd said recently that was bad and he was in the middle of saying he goes you called uh heather and lisa or sorry heather and whitney inbred cousins and she, before he didn't finish the question she just went facts <laughs> Facts. Yeah. <laughs> and he had to be like, okay, but let me get the question. And she was like, I did say that. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> I just think the way she said facts, which I do, I think about it all the time. I mean, she's up there for me in terms of like, I can't look away. I find you to be slightly apparent, but also like, I need every drip of you on my TV screen. Like, I, I need, 
I could watch a 24-7 Barlow cam if I had to. Yeah, 100%. Because to me, in the first season, she obviously, you could tell she had, like, she, you could tell she was a bit weird. Um, But to me, she just kind of more more of the time seemed a bit harmless, a bit, like, just stuck up yeah. everyone's arse, like, really just trying to, like, be a friend of everyone. And she just is obsessed with that family. Whereas season two, she just let rip on everyone. She's like, this is my show. And... I mean, it won for me because she could easily be a villain, but I'm she's so ridiculous that I just watch her in absolute awe because the things that she's saying and just how abrasive <laughs> she is. And she screams, everyone's like, I didn't say that. I didn't know I didn't say that. And then she's... I never said that. Like, I never said you were disgusting. I said the way you behaved is disgusting. Yeah. I never said you were disgusting. Okay, roll tape, roll footage. <laughs> I'm the one... <laughs> I am the one who is being attacked. Like she will go from like, like the oh my, I I, I don't I digress because I feel like there's a period of this podcast where I did terrible Lisa Barlow on week I that nobody it. needed. But anyway, but, but anyway, yeah, I think um, yeah, with Salt, like I, I do agree. I think when it got to, even though that episode was so shocking, hearing her let rip into Meredith and her family completely unexpected, um. And what do they call it? Do they call it a hot mic moment? Is that what they call it? Uh, yeah, a hot mic. Because it's the idea that if you had a mic on, like your mic is hot, your mic is still on, you may not know. So that's what they yeah. call it. Like that, It's a term that should be reminded that your mic is on and be careful what you say. Yeah. So I think like whenever that happens in any show, I'm gagged because I'm like, oh my God, this is the truth coming out yeah. when they when they think they're off camera. Yeah. So that and it's, it was obviously such a good episode, but also, I mean, that must have been like episode 20 or something. And it was a bit like, okay, I don't know how much more I can take. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I've liked the break. Also, I must say, I stand Meredith because I didn't agree with everything that she did last season because she was on Mary's side when she shouldn't have been when it came to the stuff about Jenny. Um, Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. she kind of disappointed me there, but I must say, like, she stood her ground. She won't take shit for anyone. And she plays Britney Spears on every single Instagram story, even if it's her sharing, <laughs> like, a bit of her jewelry. Yeah. She'll blast Toxic or Get Naked. <laughs> it's always a blackout song. I'm like, what? I, I wish I'd seen Meredith, like, in her 30s or something, because she definitely was <laughs> popping her piss in a club to blackout. Like, she was out there somewhere. <laughs> I met Seth at a Britney Spears fan night where we were dancing to Blackout in full. One of my favorite records. And I realized he was the man for me. <laughs> oh my god, literally, yeah. I'm obsessed with her. And everything with Brooks. I mean, when you add that and like Brooks and Jen, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Season two was just... It was just insane to watch as a viewer. It's like, how have you all fit this into one season? And how is... <laughs> yeah. But also, they've completely lucked out because how have you found like six housewives seven maybe where all this is happening at once like i just can't believe they're real what are your thoughts on potomac i feel like that show has such a special place in the hearts of like the true fans because it's just been so (laughs) consistent for so long the true fans yeah (laughs) yes but yeah i am a true fan um yeah i i just love potomac that definitely is the one where i'm telling everyone to watch it because like you said earlier I get frustrated when people say they haven't watched that or Atlanta. So I'm, but then because Atlanta has, what is this, like season 13 is on right now or something? 13, yeah, yeah. So 
I made it. I'm like, okay, please at least just watch Potomac first. Um, and I only learned how to say Potomac yeah. maybe a year ago because I used to say it all kind of <laughs> different ways. I had no idea how to say it. But yes, um, a lot of people don't know how to say it. I think until they watch this show. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I love it. It took me a couple seasons to get in, but um, Ashley Darby, I am so ready for her to be single in the next season. I have never been happier yes. to see a divorce happen, <laughs> Michael. I just, I really hope he's not in the show anymore. But then also, if I say that, he was responsible for so much, like, wild drama between the husbands and obviously all the allegations of him being gay. It's like, the the husbands, I'm not usually a husband's fan when they come into the shows. I think they can ruin it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But I think that's just because I just simply want to watch rich women (laughs) (laughs) so i just don't really care it's like move 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 i'm trying to look at your wife (laughs) get out of the way you're like i don't want to hear about like i don't know your tech company or sports yeah oh my god yeah Um, yeah but i think there's rare instances where it just really can inject so much drama and michael is just such a bizarre human being and i think that they're set up as well all the accusations of her being his beard and you know there's some sort of like marriage contract for she just wants the kids mm. and then they'll separate and now they've also separated i mean it seems like not even in response to anything which makes me completely believe that all along it has been some sort of contract whether it's because he's bi or gay or she's his beard or whatever but she stood by him in the face of so many insane allegations. Thick and thin. Yeah. Thick and motherfucking thin. I'm like, this is like, like this has got both and beyond the call of duty at this point. Never mind a marriage. Yeah, honestly, because I'm like, obviously you had the stuff um, when he was accused of um, sexual assaulting a producer. And then he said something mm-hmm. about one of the other husbands. And then there was when um, the thing came out about him being in a hotel room with a stripper. And it was on that website. And, like, she was just... It was really frustrating to watch her, and I really rooted for her. But I'm glad that she is now out of it, judging by her Instagram. She's ready to live her life, so I... I think so, uh, yeah. yeah. She's in her Insta-body era now, which I'm here for. I'm like, bitch, you drop the dead weight. (laughs) Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, so I'm excited (laughs) to see what comes next, because I've always loved her, but she's been a bit of, like, turmoil the last few years. I loved... um, I mean, I didn't love it, but it was great TV. Um, everything that happened between Candace and Monique, I'm definitely team Monique. I do not like Candace. Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously, like, they've had such intense drama as well on this. It's not as if it's always pleasant, but it's like they, the, I'm, I was really glad when they kind of were no longer on the ra- uh, under the radar and they kind of came up a little bit where uh, more people were recognizing them because I think for a good four seasons, they've been really holding their way up against i mean when beverly hills was at, was at its worst potomac was oh yeah at its best so i feel like i'm glad that it's um that more people are hopefully watching it um yeah i'm just such a stan love karen love giselle just yeah they're all icons i actually can't wait for the new season and we're getting like we're seeing bits and pieces of it being filmed and gossip and i'm actually like do you know what i only want like okay i want to know that ashley's getting divorced but i don't want to know too much because part of the fun of potomac is so much stuff happens that you wouldn't expect because they're just naturally very dynamic characters so i'm like do you know what i want to go into this kind of not knowing too much oh yeah and see this is the thing i actually don't follow any housewives um i used to follow select ones and then i think it was Mm -hmm. about two years ago I just thought, I actually don't want to know anything because 
I was just finding out little things. And even it could literally be nothing important, but it was just like, sometimes I enjoy little surprises. Like, I can't even mm-hmm. think of an example just now. But, you know, when they put up pictures from whether it be like the Berkshires or if they were to have like a little S&M party in Potomac, like, I would rather just be surprised by what the season shows me. So yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. Um, I've seen like that Ashley news and I think I've seen... I don't actually think I've seen anything about Beverly Hills other than Dorit was broken into. So I hear like big things, but I purposely don't yeah. follow any franchise because at the end of the day, it's TV to me and I want it to be like, I want it to be entertaining, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. I have so many shows I want to get into. Um, Let's do kind of a quick double bill here because you've watched Melbourne and Sydney and I feel like not everybody yeah. has, but I think if you have... It's very, if you know, you know, and I'm just curious what you think of both those shows and maybe how they contrast each other as well. Okay, so Sydney, <laughs> I don't know if I would say I enjoyed Sydney. Um, it was... Yeah, it was, that's fair. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it was a show that happened and I understand why it wasn't renewed. Um, but it was like, I, my jaw genuinely does like, drop to the floor when so many things happen watching Housewives and Sydney is no different. I mean, like I can be, I can gasp in absolute shock, but the stuff that happened in Sydney was so dark. That was like, I can't believe this is actually made yeah. it on air. So Sydney, I wouldn't say I enjoyed, like I've never rewatched it. Um, I just kind of watched it because people would speak about it. Whereas Melbourne, mm. oh, absolutely love Gina. She is the queen obsessed with her. Although, am I saying it right? Is it Gina or Juliana? Gina. No, Gina. Yeah. Gina. Gina. I'm Gina Liano. <laughs> oh, that's it. It's because of Gina. Juliana. <laughs> I can't say that, but anyway. Yeah. She's like, oh, doll, doll it's not Juliana. It's Gina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Doll, it's Gina. You are it's so Gina. good at that. What the fuck? I'm jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wish I could do an Australian accent. Like, I'd, I'm so bad at Australian. I try so hard and I just flop every time but um <laughs> yeah melbourne i love again i'm so bad with names because i've not watched it in quite a while that i can only really remember gina but um yeah there's so many of them that just crack me up and i love the fact that they all just like that because they show the swearing there as well it makes such a big difference because if you yeah call someone yeah can, it's crazy you hear it and you're like wow you are just all swearing like trippers <laughs> you're so savage but then they can all they can all just say like really nice things to each other or not even, even if it's not nice, be like, oh, did you hear that happened to her dad? Yeah, it's such a shame. Fucking can't thou? And you're like, what is going <laughs> yeah. on? This is insane. Um, so yeah, it, I just think they crack me up. Um, I'm excited for that to come back. Or has it came back yet? Well, they did a new season that aired like in recent months, but like now it's not clear. If there's I've, I've seen whispers of another season with maybe more returning original cast members, which I'd be here for. Like, the comeback season was fine. It was not as great as the early seasons, but I still enjoyed it. And I'm like, just get back to work quickly and get on the season. <laughs> like, the issue with the Australian shows is they take these huge breaks. And I'm like, the beauty of the American shows is they don't. I'm like, you cannot leave us waiting for huge extended periods of time. It's just, it, it ruins the uh, the momentum of the seasons. 
Yeah, I mean, to quote the great philosopher, Kim Kardashian, formerly West, it's like nobody wants to fucking work anymore. Get your ass up and fucking work. Like that. I feel like nobody wants to film Housewives of <laughs> Melbourne anymore. It's like, get your ass up and film Housewives of Melbourne, you guys. But I mean, Seriously. I do agree, because I forgot, actually, maybe I did watch the first episode of the comeback season. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Actually. It wasn't. A lot of people get, I know people who gave up on it. I you know, doggedly stuck with every episode and I'm kind of glad I did, but I was still like, guys, don't, like, they didn't do a reunion either. I was like, what? guys. Did they not? No, no, I was disappointed in that. Like, like I, I wanted a reunion just to see what Janet would do because Janet had a huge beef with one of the new cast members. I was like, all right, let's have Janet back in. Oh, I love Janet. Janet's the one with the crazy eyes. Yes, yes. she's iconic. Yeah, so, love yeah. Janet. Right, okay, I'll add that to my list because actually I think my old flatmate, he watched... I mean, he just watched Housewives every single second of every single day. Like, it would never be off. And, like, this is actually borderline unhealthy. But he, I actually think that we did watch the first episode. But then again, it was, like, kind of around when I moved. And then I dipped out of Housewives for a while. So I'll add that yeah. to my list with Portia. Um, but, yeah, I do like Melbourne. Is Gina in the new one? No, she's not, which is uh... a real loss. You, do, you definitely miss Gina. And it's rare I watch Housewives and think... I miss so-and-so, but I was like, you'd miss Gina. She's that good at being on the show. She's just, I think you've said it in an episode before, but the just the fact that we've never seen her with without a full beat um, and like... I know, I know. Isn't that iconic? Like, I don't even know. Wild. I don't even know what you'd call that hairstyle, but it's always so voluminous. <laughs> and it's like a proper, it's like a proper mum. Her hair is just like proper mum to me. And like my mum like is always, I mean, she's definitely not always glam. Like she wouldn't really, I mean, obviously never working from home and stuff. But my mum, like to me, when I think of her when I was younger, like going to work five days a week and you know it's just like in an office she'd always have on like her wedges and her trousers and like a nice top oh my like, god i'd go in out top but to the office at 7 a.m and she'd always have on like her sparkly shadow <laughs> she was always so like my mum's so naturally tanned like if she went on holiday for two weeks in june she would literally be tanned till the next march so she like she would always be tanned have glitter eyeshadow mascara lots of jewelry on and her hair would always be that kind of bouffant way that gina's is and whenever i seen gina i'm like oh my god that could be my mom if queen. she was like we love her yeah if she was a bit more yeah. like rich and australian i'm like there she is <laughs> i'm obsessed if my mom was a bit more rich and australian you're like those two that's the two key things we need to work on there you're like mom i just have a couple of notes <laughs> i mean i must say she also is a lot nicer than gina she's not as feeble now okay. as gina. <laughs> Oh, Ross, get your own fucking dinner here. Oh, I don't want to do, but no, oh, sorry, I'm not cooking tonight. Yeah, you can get your own meal, yeah. Oh, fuck off. The way she'd always go, fuck off. I was like, oh my God, Gina. Anyway, yeah. shout out to Gina. Shout out to everybody who's on their Gina vibe, who gets in full drag at 7 a.m. Like, it couldn't be me, but I, I admire it. Um, I want to ask you about this very quickly because it's one of the Housewives shows I have no frame of reference for at all, but you mentioned that you watch, and I'm purely asking about this just to get an idea of what it's like. What is Housewives of Johannesburg like? <laughs> oh. I knew you were going to oh. ask about that. Oh, right. If you've never watched it, um, be prepared to be just <laughs> completely shocked. And it's, it's just shocking. It's one of the most shocking viewing experiences you'll ever watch. And uncomfortable. Oh my God, why? And uncomfortable a lot of the time as well. <laughs> but... Oh, basically, it's um, it's it's mad. It's absolutely mad. And I watched it. Um, me and my flatmate watched it when we were in 
uh, lockdown, like the winter lockdown, when we literally had nothing else to watch. Like we had watched every possible thing on Hey mm-hmm. You. We'd watched everything on all the streaming. And we're like, oh, never heard of Johannesburg before. Literally the last resort of something to watch. And it's so uncomfortable because there's just a lot of racism but it's only between one white woman and the rest of the cast are black. So, Oh God. Um, yeah. But she, I mean, I don't know much about South Africa, but my dad has told me a lot about it. Um, Cause he used to mm-hmm. live there like way back when he's like, no, it's not like, you know, I mean, I don't know what it's like today, but I think it's still, you know, quite a bad place when it comes to, like division and tolerance and things. And I think that white people historically, you know, have tried to, you know, have ownership of black people, et cetera, on their land. Not a surprise yes. as a white person, but um, I think what- There's it, a history there that they are maybe still grappling with. So to see it play out in reality TV, I would imagine is kind of surreal. Yeah, very surreal because I think that's it. Like when you turn it on, I mean, first of all, you just don't expect that you're going to really see that on a show, especially when it is an international edition, because you just expect that they're going to show, I mean, if anything, to help sort of the reputation of that location, you just assume that they're going to show something like that's completely like sanitized and there's no trouble. Like Beverly Hills, obviously, LA has so many homeless people, etc. You never, I mean, it's not as if they're ever going to show that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I kind of just assumed that they would take the same approach where it would just be like, if anything, showing how they're either past it or they're in solidarity. But the white women is just so insanely not on this planet that it's, she just has no shame. She has no self awareness either. And what's her name again? Crystal. Crystal. Um, oh my god and she's just completely problematic even her own son her own son you can clearly tell has like a bit of a learning disability or something and she speaks about it but like really brushes it off really quickly and then like just kind of talks badly about her son who's like maybe seven or eight and you're like this is not okay um so yeah she's just a wild character but she kind of dominates the full show the other women there's quite a few that are really funny and just the way that they speak to each other that you can tell no one really likes each other but Cristal Mm -hmm. kind of dominates it and yeah it's just not very pleasant to watch you just kind of always are watching it like please shut your mouth do you know what I mean (laughs) like just stop speaking and then in the eventual reunion like a few of them walk out um because there's a mother and daughter which is quite interesting but, um, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and they actually they're really glam and have loads of money, and the mum's really really funny actually. But they in the reunion it gets to like I think they're not even like twenty minutes in, and they walk off just because it's not only because of her, but you can just tell that the conversation is just going round like it will just go round in circles, just all about things yeah. that she said, and she's just completely saying that they're all against her as the one white woman, and it's like this mm-hmm. is not what's happening. So. I would watch it honestly just to be fascinated. Um, but they did a second season yeah. and the second season just wasn't very good. Um, but also Cristal, the racist, so you know, I'm not condoning anything, but she's also like an Erica Jane where she makes herself a pop star, but it's the most <gasps> but it's nothing like Erica Jane. She's nowhere near as glam. She has, and I say this... She is nothing of the sort. <laughs> yeah, nothing of the sort. And I say this as someone with a lazy eye, and I, I'm not I'm not ashamed, but she has... <laughs> <laughs> I love that caveat. 
as someone of lazy eye experience, I'm about to say something. But she has the most <laughs> atrocious lazy eye in the world where you honestly cannot tell where she's looking at any time. And because she is so erratic in her behavior, it kind of makes her look insane at times. Um, so then when it cuts to her shooting a music video <laughs> she's got the other housewives who oh, hate no. her and she hates them <laughs> and she's like trying to be sexy into the camera and lingerie like to this like kind of Heidi Montag like dream pop song um it's just the, one of the most surreal things you will ever watch in your life so I would recommend it for the insanity but it's definitely not joyful <laughs> that's I love that caveat and I, I, I see where you're coming from okay thank you for that because it's actually one of the few house I shows I've no real even passing knowledge of if I haven't seen it so that's good to know let's get stuck into this question because I feel like you're really going to deliver here what would your housewife's tagline be I actually have a note on my phone <laughs> um, oh my god amazing because I've been collecting over the years um collecting but- <laughs> well just when one comes to me or um like yeah, Russell yeah. Russell once gave me one and I'm like I feel like as a housewife I would really have a clear trajectory of sort of unraveling so like first season I would come in like hot but nice everyone's best friend season two a bit Sonia Morgan like peel back the layers <laughs> what's going okay. on I might have a season three Dorinda moment and then I'll sort of have a redemption arc like that's how I see myself <laughs> so um I feel like I would have like I- there's ones pair like for each season and like what maybe would be going on but um I've actually asked some friends because I knew that you were going to ask this I asked them for the strongest <laughs> one um and I think they-, they were saying between two but I think that okay I think my favourite is, and I'm going to need to try and deliver it because there is a bit of a, not pun, but play on words. So, okay. <laughs> why have a glass of Prosecco when you can have a full bottle of a Rossi? <laughs> but, Am I right in thinking that's meant to be Ross and Rosé put together? It is, a little bit of Rossi. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, okay. It, it really depends on the delivery. I don't think that was the strongest. Yeah. But, um, okay. But, yeah. Or the other one is... um. I might often black out, but I always shine bright. <laughs> oh, I like. <laughs> that's also good because I feel like they love to bring up allegations about drinking on Housewives. And that's a great way of getting ahead of the allegations. You're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would. But it would also give people a reason to watch because as soon as they find out, they're like, oh, a lot of bad stuff is going to happen this season. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, warning, warning, <laughs> emergency ahead. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're mine. Let's talk about dinner parties. I always ask my guests this. You're throwing a dinner party. You can have five people from the shows come around for some grub. It can be housewives, husbands, hangers on, friends of, whoever. What five people are you having around? First of all, I'm obsessed with calling them hangers on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, there there were some hangers on in Housewives. I mean, like if you were Cedric, for example, he was a hanger on. Oh, yeah, that's true. He was. Um, <laughs> oh, I couldn't remember how many you asked people for, so you have five. Five, five. Oh, right, okay, I'm going to need to, okay, Portia, mm-hmm. Sonia, okay. Dorit, Ooh. Uh, Meredith, and Dorinda. Oh, that is a chaos. <laughs> <laughs> that is TV gold, but I also would fear for your life during that entire evening. Because <laughs> I think, like, of all of them, like, 
there could be a lot of insanity, but at the end of the day, Dorit and Meredith are kind of just there for the insane accents and vocab. Sonia and Dorinda yeah, yeah. are just going to get drunk and be really funny and wild um, and, like, really make it a bit unhinged after dinner and, like, go too far. And then Portia mm-hmm. is just going to be, like, just cracking everyone up, really providing the comedy and yeah. the entertainment, like, really just making everyone laugh. If there ever is a darker moment, you know, if, say, Sonia, mm-hmm. you know, accuses Dorit of something or whatever. Um <laughs> yeah, I love how you're doing the fanfic in your head. Yeah, I'm like, you know, there's just, I feel like there's a nice balance and then I can just enjoy the ludicrousness of it all. Okay, well, I, I can't blame you. That is a pretty strong lineup. Um, you mentioned re-watching shows there and you've covered a lot of ground with the Housewives. Like, what's next on your viewing journey? Is it like a show you've never got into or is it going back to an old season that you love? Well, after this, I'm definitely going to watch Portia's Family Values and also, mm-hmm. what was the other one? I've already forgot. My memory is horrific. Um, I'll find out when I listen to it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a couple that I still need to catch up on, I think, from, like, the last two. Oh, that was it. Uh, Melbourne, the new one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I watched them. I actually just started watching Candy's... Oh, what was it called? The one about Candy's restaurant? Oh, Candy and the Gang. Yeah. Candy and the Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just started watching that this week. Um, so, I mean, I'll probably finish it in the next two days. But, um, yeah... Um, mm-hmm. At the minute, I'm kind of when the current shows are on, I try not to like rewatch too much because then I'm scared that yeah. my head will get sick of it and I want to enjoy the new seasons. But yeah. also, I've just remembered that I have the new season of Orange County to catch up on. So yeah, there's quite a lot mm-hmm. on my plate at the minute, but I'm ready for it. Before we go, where can people check you out online and tell us a bit more about your podcast as well? Sorry. Um, <laughs> My, um, where you can find me is Ross Lohan on Instagram, like Lindsay and, um, yes. Twitter. What am I on Twitter again? Cause my old one got deleted. Oh, I'm oh yes. Ross Francis with two eyes on Twitter. Okay. Um, and then yeah, Celtic Queens of Pop. It's basically me and my best friend, Mark. Um, I'm obviously Scottish. He's Irish. Um, so we are the Celtic Queens. Um, essentially, we just started it in lockdown, sort of as something to do. We're a bit bored, and the first like eight episodes are really just a bit unhinged and kind of like us getting through lockdown whilst talking about pop queens and like pop memories and the songs that meant the most to us growing up and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and we did try for a little while to have a theme. Like the theme was basically songs that never got to number one on the UK official singles chart, but then they did get to number one or peak higher and on either the Irish singles chart or Scottish singles chart, which yeah. to us sounded nice. It was like, okay, Celtic justice, that's a vibe, but actually it just got a bit long-winded and difficult to talk about. So um, now we just have a new episode every second Friday and we just catch up on music, entertainment, celebs, anything pop culture that's been happening in the last fortnight. Oh, I love that. I love the idea of like getting an overview and I quite like the Scottish-Irish angle. We have enough Americans talking about pop culture at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's just both of us screaming and like one of us blaming the other, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Okay, listen, we have covered a lot of ground today and yeah. you've got a lot on your plate between the podcasting, the writing and all the housewives you have to catch up on. Uh, Ross McNeely, thank you very much for coming on Housewives and Me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. 
Here you go, Ross McNeely, cheer on Housewives and Me. You can find them on social media. Links to that will be in the show notes for this episode. And you can check out their podcast, Celtic Queens of Pop as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Links to that will be in the show notes as always. You can find this show on social media at Housewives and Me on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, it's Connor Bean on Twitter and Instagram as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you felt like leaving a rating or review, I'd really appreciate it. It does help us find new listeners. And I should remind you on Spotify, you can also rate shows as well now. So do consider leaving us a rating there. Don't forget, you can subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts as brand new episodes come out every single Tuesday. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon.